This podcast is brought to you by my prenatal vitamin of choice, Parallel. Parallel was founded by two LA moms and their OBGYN, and it's the first and only OBGYN founded women's vitamin. What sets Parallel apart is that most prenatal vitamins are a one size fits all throughout your entire pregnancy. But Parallel has formatted their vitamin packs by trimester to give your body exactly what it needs as it continues to grow and change throughout pregnancy and even in postpartum. I have been taking them for my entire first trimester, and I love that they contain everything I need to support baby's early development, but also contain things like B6 and ginger to help combat nausea. Yeah, that has definitely come in handy. So wherever you are in your pregnancy journey, check out parallelhealth.com. They are offering a special 20% discount just for this audience. So use code BIGKID20 for 20% off your first month. That's parallelhealth.com and use code BIGKID20 for 20% off. Hi everyone, welcome to week 12 of our little pregnancy journey. For anybody new here, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. I'm the comedy writer and personality behind the Instagram, blog, and podcast, Big Kid Problems. And I'm also currently 12 weeks pregnant. It is another milestone week this week. We are officially three months in. And as my doctor told me at my 12-week appointment this week, if you make it through week 12 and, you know, the heartbeat looks good, the testing looks good, like your chance of miscarriage drops to below 1% after this week. I mean, that is huge. When she told me that, uh, it was like taking a 200-pound weight off my chest. I mean, such a relief. I just want to say that one more time. Your chance of miscarriage drops to below 1% after this week, like... <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? Um, I know I was just so, so relieved. That was like probably the highlight of my week when she told me that. Um, okay, so everyone's probably on slightly different testing schedules. But for me, like I had all my genetic testing done this week. Been talking about it for a little while now. Um, but you know what's weird is like I've been going in the doctor. I I knew I had to, they asked me if I wanted to do genetic testing. I said, yes. No one really explained to me like what these tests are. So I did a little bit of research, a little bit of homework this week, and I figured we would talk about it. So the big thing is an NIPT test, uh, which stands for non-invasive prenatal testing, which I don't know why they call it non-invasive, because if you ask me, taking a blood test is extremely invasive. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, a nipit, I don't know if, if anybody calls it a nipit test, NIPT. I'm going to, for the purposes of this podcast, I will be calling it a nipit test. Um, and I might be very wrong for saying that, but whatever. So a nipit is a prenatal screening, which looks at, you know, the DNA 
from your baby in a sample of your blood to identify whether you're at increased risk of giving birth to a child with a genetic disorder. So it's important to note that like a screening, like a nipit cannot determine for sure whether your baby actually has a chromosomal disorder, only the likelihood of having that condition. Uh, But even though they can't tell for sure whether your baby will have a genetic abnormality, it is pretty highly accurate. So they say about 97 to 99% accuracy for three of the most common conditions. So what are those common conditions you may be asking? I'm going to tell you. So the three things that they're really testing for here are trisomy 21. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, Whatever. Trisomy 21, which is Down syndrome, trisomy 18, which is Edwards syndrome, and trisomy 13, which is Patau syndrome. Um, I've obviously heard of Down syndrome. I hadn't heard of Edwards or Patau syndrome, but they can be really fatal. Uh, they say like Edwards syndrome, you're, uh, if your baby tests positive for that, they have like a real, they don't have like a, a high likelihood of surviving after one year. So these are things you obviously want to know. Really, the results of a nipit screening are there to kind of help you you and your and your doctor decide next step including whether to have a diagnostic test like I said these aren't these aren't super highly accurate so once you take a test if you find out uh, that you may have one of these conditions you can take some further testing to determine for sure if you do or not um, and those genetic tests are a CVS which is a chorionic villus sample um, or an amnio test And those are a little bit more invasive, um, which means they can uh, potentially, there's like a slight increase in a chance of miscarriage when you take those tests. But again, you won't need to do that unless you test positive for anything in your Nipit test. If anybody's worried about this, so just to kind of give you a little bit of context, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, I actually tested positive during the snippet test for Down syndrome. So she did actually go in to, and get that like more invasive testing done. And then they said it was 100% that I didn't have it. Um, so for anybody who gets your Nippet test and maybe you have, you know, a positive reading, it's not a it's not a 100% sentence. You can do some extra stuff to find out for sure. And then from there, discuss with your doctor, you know, some planning methods or whatever you need to do to kind of go from there. But for anybody, uh, just know that 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 happened to me and it's totally fine. Uh, your nipit test will also, because it's a blood test, it'll tell you the gender. So, uh, you know, my doctor asked me if I would want to know the gender or not. (laughs) And my husband was next to me. He's like, yeah, tell us. I'm like, no. Um, so that's just something you want to tell your doctor ahead of time if you want to know or not. So they don't just like accidentally tell you we're going to end up doing like a little bit of a gender reveal. So much to my husband's dismay, he like does not want to do that at all, but I think it'll be cute. So we're doing it. (laughs) And, um, but that's exciting. You get to find out the gender this early, which like usually, you know, in, in years prior, you had to wait to a little bit later in pregnancy. So I think it's kind of amazing that they can kind of, they can tell this early on. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, one thing I wanted to tell you guys, so we obviously took our, our blood test. I'm not going to know the sex until a couple weeks from now, or probably like two weeks from now when we do our gender reveal. Um, but there is a little something you can do to, 
it's kind of like an old wives tale. And I know we talked a lot about this last week, some different like signs that you could be having a boy versus having a girl. But this is a new one our friend just told us about. It's called the ring on a string test. So what you do is you take your, you take a ring, it could be your wedding band, it could be whatever you want. You put it on a string and you hold it and, and you can hold it. I got my husband to hold it because I was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to be like unconsciously uh, <laughs> making myself have a certain result, but you get somebody to hold that, that ring on a string right above your belly. And they say, if it starts to spin in a circle, you're having a girl. And if it starts to go in a straight line, it's a boy. So my friend who told us about this, they got a circle, which um, was, and they did end up having a girl. And when I did it, I was getting a straight line, which I, I think I've told you guys, I've thought this whole time I was going to have a boy, even though a lot of the signs we talked about last week are all pointing to girl. But I just thought that was fun. And when I find out my actual gender, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see if the ring on the string test holds any weight. But for anybody who wants to try it this week, give it a whirl. Let me know what you get. Um, oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. So I did talk about this a little bit last week. But just on the last subject of our, our Nippet test, because it is a blood test. And I know I'm probably talking to like... 0.05% of you, but for anybody who is really bad at blood tests, needles, any of that, like I am, like I have a severe, not even a severe phobia, like I have like a full blown out of control body reaction where I sometimes pass out. I've pooped my pants before. <laughs> I've talked about it on this podcast before. We won't get into it today. Um, but just anybody who has a really, really bad reaction, like, I was trying to figure out because I knew this blood test was coming. Like, what can I do? Like, I didn't think therapy would help. Um, th I've tried like so many things throughout the years that just like this, it's not a rational reaction. Like, it's not it's not like something that makes sense to me. So I tried hypnosis this week. Like I literally <laughs> I literally Googled and found this like world renowned hypnotist and did one session like two days before I went in for my Nippet test. And I have to tell you it helped a lot. Like it wasn't like a complete cure-all. And actually like <laughs> when I went in for my blood test, I still cried. I still kind of like squirmed enough that the needle came out of my arm and I had to do it again, which caused me to scream. It was a whole thing. My husband was like, I give you a C minus performance on that, on my whole thing. But for me, I didn't pass out and I wasn't sick. Like usually when I get a blood test, like I have such a high level body reaction. Like I have a full 10 out of 10 panic attack. And for anybody who's experienced that in any area of life, you know, when you have like a full blown panic attack, like you don't recover very easily. Like usually when I have one of those, I'm out the rest of the day. Like I'm couch ridden, I'm shot. And I was able to walk out of my blood test and I was like, okay. So I wasn't great, but I think that the hypnosis really, really helped. I'm going to link this guy I went to in show notes if anybody's interested. I, I thought to me it was like money well spent and I'm probably going to go to him again um, just to see if it a second session will even make it even better. But just, just throwing that out there if anybody is really, really scared about blood tests because um, I know that this isn't the only one that's going to happen in pregnancy. All right, let's talk about some symptoms for week 12. 
So obviously we've been talking about symptoms this whole time, but here are some new ones that you may be, that may be creeping up around week 12. So dizziness is one of the first things on the list. So progesterone is the cause here. It causes your blood vessels to relax and widen around 12 weeks pregnant, increasing the flow of blood to your baby, which is great for baby, but it's slowing the return of blood to you, which has always not so good for mom. So what that can mean uh, is lower blood pressure and reduced blood flow throughout your body, including to your brain. So that can contribute to, you know, feeling lightheaded, getting some dizzy feelings, um, especially if you get up too quickly. Uh, Another cause of dizziness during pregnancy is low blood sugar levels, which can occur if you're not really eating regularly guilty of that. Um, so one of the things they say is to like snack regularly throughout the day. If you can, uh, I, I feel like I've maybe had a little bit of this, but not too, too much. Um, so I don't know if any of you are experiencing dizziness, but it's apparently very, very common. Um, headaches. Okay. So headaches may start to intensify around week 12 and that's caused by hormone shifts, um, drops in your blood sugar. Like we just talked about dehydration, etc. So unfortunately this one I have been getting a lot more of not thrilled about it. Um, and these headaches are so specific. Like I, I'm used to getting, I get, you know, migraines, maybe once every other month, usually around my period. Um, I'm used to getting these migraines that are usually it feels like a drill is going through like one part of my head. Like it's usually very pinpointed. The headaches I'm getting now in pregnancy are like they cover the full surface area of my head. Like I've tried to explain this to my husband a few times, but it is awful. Um, I hate these fucking headaches and I've been getting them like much more frequently. I mean, I went to the doctor earlier this week and then probably since I left the doctor's office, I've had like three of these headaches. So I wish I would have brought it up in my appointment, um, but they're really just kind of starting to pick up now. It's definitely something I'm going to talk to her about this time or next time I go in um, because maybe there's a prescription. Maybe there's something you can do. Oh, um, that is one thing that I got at my doctor's appointment this week is I did get a prescription drug for nausea because I've had such insane nausea this entire freaking time. Um, and she says at week 12, you're actually allowed to get on Zofran. Um, I guess you can't, you shouldn't really take it before 12 weeks, but after 12 weeks, it's okay. So just pick that up. I'm really hoping that that's going to help with nausea, but, um, yeah, just something to keep in mind. Um, okay. Other than headaches, spotting is something that you could start to see more of around week 12. So the thing is like your cervix is just more sensitive during pregnancy. So simply even having sex can cause some light bleeding and they say that that's totally normal, but definitely tell your doctor if you see anything and especially if the flow is heavy, it's an urgent call. Um, let's see. Okay. Here's some good news (laughs) when it comes to symptoms this week, you may start to feel shifts with morning sickness and fatigue. So, you know, you might still be experiencing them one day, but then the next you might feel a little bit better. You might get a burst of energy and you'll notice that like your nausea might be coming and going. It might not be as consistent as it has been throughout the rest of pregnancy. And I have to say, this has definitely been true for me. Um, very relieved that that is, that that is happening. Uh, so I hope that that's true for you guys too, but I have noticed that like, 
earlier in pregnancy, I mean, even as of like a week or two ago, I was consistently bad every single freaking day from like morning till night. And now I'm having some good days, some bad days. And I actually like this week, I, I had like two pretty good days in a row and I got a little overly cocky about it. I was like, I'm turning the corner. I knew this is going to happen. I'm feeling pretty good. And then the day after that was like one of the worst days I had in this entire pregnancy. Like I was so sick and like couldn't even keep saltines down. Um, So that's just that's par for the course. But I would take that over consistently feeling like shit. Um, Okay, let's talk about what's happening with baby at week 12, shall we? So baby is the size of a plum this week. It's about 2.1 inches long and about 0.5 ounces. And now that they have all their major organs in place, like their main job is to just keep on growing at this point. They're just going to start to get bigger and bigger at a little bit more uh, rapid of a rate. So some things that are happening with them, their digestive system is starting to quote unquote flex its muscles. I see what I see what the bump did there with that one. Um, but literally your digestive system is starting to practice contraction movements. So it's a skill that they will need, obviously, after birth to push food through the digestive tract. It's kind of cool to know. Um, what else is happening this week with baby? Oh, for us at our appointment this week, I didn't know. I thought we were just doing the blood test, but we also got a sonogram. And I think I told you guys, if you've been listening to this consistently, um, at our last doctor's appointment, we were a little too early. They wouldn't let us listen to the heartbeat. We could see it like on the screen, like we could see the flickers, but at this appointment, at this appointment, they actually let us listen to the heartbeat. So that was really fucking cool. <laughs> like, I don't know if uh, most of you have probably already heard the heartbeat at this point, but for us, this was the first time I didn't know it was happening at this appointment, but she was like, using the sonogram on my stomach and for literally a couple probably like 20 seconds she was like trying to find the the baby and there was no heartbeat coming up and I was just like looking at her wide-eyed like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit and then finally she found it and there was like a really fast little heartbeat in there it was so crazy I, I can't get over it it was it was honestly like probably top five of the best experiences of my life. Just, just hearing that thing for the first time. It's, it's freaking wild. Okay. So that's up with, that's what's up with baby. Let's talk about some tips and to do's for week 12. So they say week 12 is a time that you, you can start telling people now, maybe you've been doing that before. I know a lot of my friends, um, kind of caved before week 12. I, it was a little superstitious. I've had some friends, um, miscarry you know I'm in my 30s I've, I've seen some shit happen uh with my other friends around this age like it, I knew that this wasn't a guaranteed thing and honestly even now I'm I'm still even though she told me I have less than a one percent chance of miscarriage I'm still like do I though um but for the most part this is a safe time to start telling people uh I, I had already told like my super super close friends like my bridesmaids my immediate family Brandon's immediate family but now we're like actually started starting to tell like our friends that we see on like a normal basis and that's really fun um I have to say like I don't like keeping the secret I thought the whole time of keeping this a secret felt shitty like I hated feeling like I was 
kind of just hiding from people and I felt like super lame like people would invite me out and I would just like make up excuses to not go out um and so I'm I'm happy that we're finally at a point that we can start to tell people the cat's out of the bag and yeah I it feels good and also it's like nice to just get support some support from people like I just told a bunch of my girlfriends here in Nashville and they were so excited they're like first of all we already freaking knew (laughs) and but like it's so nice to for them to like be in on it now and like just see other people be excited for you I think feels feels really good so if you're one of those who've held out to till this week um I'm right there with you. And I think it's it's fun to finally be able to tell people. Uh, other to-dos, schedule your week 16 appointment. I've been promised there's no blood at that one. So that's good. And um, the last thing, I actually got a really good piece of advice this week that I wanted to share. Um, so this is for especially anybody who has like been having trouble eating or have had really bad food aversions like I have. Like I've really been unable to eat much but um this is a tip that I got from a nutritionist friend of mine she said to use your hunger like there are times I've noticed this now where a lot of times I'm not hungry I just feel nauseous but I've mentioned I've had a couple good days where I actually do feel really freaking hungry um and when you do get those pings of hunger she says to use that shit to your advantage to get some healthy food in because I don't know about you guys Um, I have been a pretty bad, a pretty bad eater. Like I give, I honestly grade myself like a D minus, um, cause I've just really haven't been able to get much food down. My aversions have been so insane. So like if someone, if I see a mozzarella stick on the menu and I'm like, I know I like that, I'll eat that. Like I, I, I basically been eating like an unsupervised child, um, this whole time, just like eating kind of shitty foods. Um, but foods that I know I can get down, um, but I liked that tip. So I actually did that like twice this week when I did get really hungry. I like used that hunger to eat healthy foods. Like I got a cucumber in there. I got some celery and peanut butter in there. Um, so just a way to kind of work some healthier foods into your diet if you're having trouble or struggling like I am. All right. That is all for week 12. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure to hit those five stars on iTunes. Makes a big difference, guys. Maybe leave a little review if you can. Um, Also, sharing this podcast is is huge for us. Uh, So please, if you can, um, send it to a friend. If you know anybody, if you have any friends who are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant, send this along. um, they They can follow along, too, with their journey or post it on social, whatever you want to do. You know, I leave it up to you guys. You can connect with me over on social at Big Kid Problems or on my personal Instagram at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. I'd love to hear how you guys are doing, how your pregnancy journey is going so far. In the meantime, I'll see you back here next week for week 13 updates. And until then, thank you for bumping along with me. (laughs) 